the ba the barriers of entry in the military are great. You know, unless they are in the automotive business, the barriers of entry are not very high. You know, mm. if you have a product and it it's a quality product and you can compete on price, you know, you can actually do fairly well in the automotive business. The barriers of entry in the military are a lot more difficult. Uh, when I was a young boy, I was a hurdler <laughs> and I used to do the 110 meter hurdles. My work reminds me a lot of the 110 meter hurdles because there's a lot of hurdles, or I would say a lot of crocodiles in the water when you're working with the military. There are a lot of obstacles, wow. constraints. There's a lot of laws. There's a lot of regulations. So uh, this is a long game. You know, this is not a hundred hundred yard sprint like I did when I was a young boy. You know, it's a it's a it's a marathon, and you have to have the stomach for it. You have to have the the ability to be able to 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 really play that long game. And so we've been we've been successful in doing that. You know, I'm somebody who's always in a hurry, but I've learned from my work that you know I I, I don't have that luxury. I have to be able to work that long game out. Welcome to the Mainful Jobs Podcast Season 2. I'm your host, Adrian, and today we're extremely honored to welcome Sam, who's the president and CEO at Parts Life. So how are you doing, Sam? Hope you're well. I'm doing good, Adrian. Thank you for asking. No problem. So, you know, as the president and CEO of, uh, CEO of you know, a um, you know company like Parts Life, it must take a lot of hard work, um, you know, for you to get there. So could you tell us a little bit about... Um, why you got into entrepreneurship um, and how, how did you get to the stage you are at today? Right. So, yeah, my journey starts off in the island of Sri Lanka and uh, I went to high school there. I really didn't finish high school well. So my father said, stop wasting your time and my money. And I went to mm -hmm. work for years and I worked in the brokering business and I learned mm -hmm. how to how to buy and sell. And I got fairly good at it, which also uh, wanted me to think about studying more. So I decided then to take a couple of night classes, which then, you know, I, I got so uh, interested in my education, which I decided to pursue. And, you know, God opened the door for me to come and go to school here mm -hmm. uh, in a small community college. When I say here, I'm talking about uh, in the U.S. and in started off in Michigan for a year. And then I parlayed that two years, one year in Sri Lanka, one year in Michigan to go to Oral Roberts University where I got a degree in marketing. And so then I got hired straight out of my, my uh, university uh, to be able to come work for a company in Philadelphia and uh, went to work for a very large remanufacturer of auto parts. Uh, they were the largest privately held remanufacturer of auto parts in the world. Mm. And I worked for them for 12 years. And uh, it was heavy industry. Uh, but I learned a lot, and uh, I I really got to learn my trade there. I see, I see. So you know, it's been quite a unique journey, I would say. You know, from yep. Sri Lanka all the way yep. to the U.S. So yep. you said you had great business acumen from a young age. 
can you point your finger to why or do you think it's just a god-given talent or did or how did you kind of develop it yeah it's, it's very interesting right i've always been somebody that is that has been very friendly i've been always uh, maintained a lot of very uh, close relationships you know i've always uh, really thought very highly of a network of friends mm -hmm. And uh, so th th I think that was very important for me, a network of friends and in, uh, and relationship has always been very important to me. And, yeah. and then, of course, when you put on top of relationship, when you can also build trust, I, I think that that uh, that you can now leverage that relationship and and leverage that trust to do a lot of things, you know. And so in business, one of the most important things in business our relationship and trust and so yeah. the fact that i was able to uh, cultivate that over the years uh, I, I think was very helpful uh, doesn't mean that i haven't made mistakes in those areas of trust doesn't mean that i have not made mistakes in the areas of relationship but by and large even when i've had made mistakes i've learned from them and it mm -hmm. has really been very good for me to be able to apply that so for me relationship is even more important than making money and mm. in so in so many times uh, when you're a christian business owner and when you're thinking in terms of kingdom you know those things come into conflict you know the difference yeah. between relationship and and you know the bottom line and so in many cases you know in my decision making i've always valued and always relationship wins out to a bottom line yeah, I think you mentioned a great point, you know, being a Christian business owner, sometimes there can be a lot of, um, you know, conflicts. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think you mentioned a really great point um, about being a Christian owner, because there can be um, a lot of conflicts between how you do business um, and your own values. So how do you balance that? Well, I, I think uh, I think you have to take it by a case-by-case -case basis, right? Because... Uh, because not every situation is the same, but I would say that at all times we have to think about all of that. And end of the day, uh, especially as Christians, you know, one day when we stand before God, you know, success is not necessarily measured by how profitable we were, mm. or how much money we had in the bank, but how we would treat people. You know, one of the things my 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 mother would always teach and reinforce me was when you do do for the least, you're doing it as unto me. Right. So mm. I, I've tried to always use that in my decision making process. Yeah. Great point, I think, because, you know, as business owners, profit is obviously very important, but um, that could also you know, be on, with conflict, um, you know, with, with your inner values. So was there any like particular challenges, you know, in your um, business career, like, um uh, what I'm saying is about maybe conscience-related matters, like, and how did you kind of resolve it? So conscience of value, re values related, right? So there was mm. a time when I had first started Parks Life. You know, I owed three of my suppliers quite a bit of money, and I didn't have the ability to pay for it right away. Mm. Uh, but you know, over a period of three years, I made good on that promise. So something that I had to pay between sixty and ninety days, it took me three years to pay. Wow. But I also 
their phone calls, I always told them that, you know, that I was going to be, that I would honor the commitments that I had made. I eventually paid them for it. I offered to pay every one of them interest on the money that I owed them. And every one of them said, Sam, we really don't want interest. We would love to have an ongoing relationship with you. And uh, even even seven years ago, I bought a company out of bankruptcy. And uh, when I bought the company out of bankruptcy, you know, because of the bank, the way the bankruptcy worked out, I didn't necessarily have to pay all of the debtors, uh, you know, hundred hundred cents on a dollar, mm. which I did sure that I did. Wow. And it was interesting that two days ago, I was uh, I was golfing at a at an industrial, uh, it, it was an industry day event. You know, it was a National Defense Industrial Association golf outing. And I was leaving with a friend of mine and one of the one of the people who was also leaving with me asked me whether I worked for Parts Life and I said, yes. And he said, oh, we, we supply a lot of product to Deval. And he said, you know, when, when before you bought Deval, he said, we were on a cash only terms with you but now we have terms with you and you know you 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 make sure that you pay your bills on time and uh, and you know he was talking a lot about my organization and i was extremely happy to hear that and not only was i was i there there was another person walking with me and it was really awesome to hear somebody who's a supplier saying that there's a big difference between me owning the company and and what I'm doing and how I'm treating our suppliers versus how it was before that. So I, I think that uh, you know you can also the way that you treat your suppliers, the way that you treat your employees speaks loud and clear about what type of a business you are. Yeah, and um, I think that brings me to you know a really obvious question. So what does Part Life do? Yeah, so we we are actually a supplier of uh, product to the Department of Defense. You know, mm. as you know, the Department of Defense, you know, they have a lot of very expensive mission mission critical assets. Yeah. And many, many of those assets are used for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Unlike a car, you know, if you are driving a 10 year old car, it's considered an old car. Mm. But a lot of these assets, when you're talking about planes, you're talking about ships, you're talking about submarines, they're used for much longer than that. So they have yeah. long life cycles. And in, in my business, we call it a long tail, meaning that is a, there is a long time that you have to be able to maintain these assets. And so that's where we come in as the parts get as the assets get older. Mm -hmm. It's more and more difficult to find the parts that are needed. And so we actually supply those parts for those assets wow i mean like that's really meaningful business it seems because you know not only you're contributing um to um the defense sector in the u.s you actually play a you know a big role in the maintenance of the parts so yeah. um can you tell us a little bit about how you go into this business because it seems like a really niche business that not a lot of people understand i think yeah. So let me let me talk a little bit about the the importance of the business, and then we'll talk a little bit more about how I got into the business. So yeah. you know, if you go back and look at Maslow's theory of needs, right? Uh, mm. Maslow said that you know that there are something called safety needs first. You know, after you take care of your physical needs, the next most important thing is your safety needs, right? And if you think about that as an individual. 
you know, you, you have a need to feel safe. And that's so true, even as not only in the U.S., but in Europe, you know. So not only do we supply these parts to the U.S., you know, we have foreign military sales. We are we actually supplying parts, you know, globally to our allies as well. And with everything that is going on in, with the war going on in Europe, you know, there is a need for countries to feel safe. So mm. safety has become an even a very, very important issue uh, around the world, right? So, yeah. uh, so we feel like a lot of our work is extremely meaningful. And, uh, and, 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 and so... You, you, and 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 the whole issue with defense is it's actually defense it's not offense so you're you're actually by having a strong military you're you're becoming a deterrent to the world right mm. because people don't want to mess with you now because they know that you have a strong military uh, having said that you asked me how i got into to this business so when i after working for that last large automotive company for 12 years i did some consulting for 7 years and then decided to set up my own work or on my business and i actually thought i was getting going to work in the automotive aftermarket which i knew very well but mm-hmm. the automotive aftermarket at that time was dead and mm-hmm. i had to actually pivot away from the automotive aftermarket into this military business and God had specially ordained that for me. He had specifically laid aside some work for me to do, you know. And uh, as a Christian, I believe Ephesians 2.10 is one of my favorite scripture verses, right? It says, mm-hmm. God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. And so, you know, he had already uh, positioned me and placed me in a way that I was uniquely positioned to be able to do that work. He had unique, uniquely qualified me and he had uniquely positioned me to do that work. So when I found it, you know, there was uh, an alignment, you know, and so where there is alignment, you know, then value can flow. And uh, that, that's where I was able to uh, work on my purpose and also to be able to work work on my potential, if you will. Well, yeah, I think it's a great point because, um, you know, you said that there were lots of unexpected twists. You didn't know perhaps how God was leading you. Um, and I guess you didn't know he was preparing you eventually for this uh, military business when you were doing the special pieces of work that he ordained. So, um, you know, switching from the automotive industry into the military industry, what would you say? are the biggest challenges for yourself yeah so the the barriers of entry in the military are great you know unless they are in the automotive business the barriers of entry are not very high you know mm. if you have a product and it it's a quality product and you can compete on price you know you can actually do fairly well in the automotive business the barriers of entry in the military are a lot more difficult uh, when I was a young boy, I was a hurdler, <laughs> and I used to do the 110 meter hurdles. My work reminds me a lot of the 110 meter hurdles because there's a lot of hurdles, or I would say a lot of crocodiles in the water when you're working with the military. There are a lot of obstacles, wow. constraints. There's a lot of laws. There's a lot of regulations. So uh, this is a long game. You know, this is not a hundred hundred yard sprint like I did when I was a young boy. You know, it's a it's a it's a marathon, and you have to have the stomach for it. You have to have the 
the ability to be able to 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 really play that long game and so we've been we've been successful in doing that you know i'm somebody who's always in a hurry but i've learned from my work that you know i i, I don't have that luxury i have to be able to work that long game out wow a uh, great analogy i think um cuz you know i think um your business is a long sprint especially you know in your case you know in the military even more so so um you know switching from the automotive industry into the military industry um what would you say are your biggest um enjoyments out of working and how do you find meaning of your work aside from the profits that you get yeah i mean so for me i think i think it's 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 actually threefold adrian so for me our 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 vision at parts life is to support freedom by taking care of the us warfighter and by taking care of the the us taxpayer mm. right and so are two very in, in, important groups of people that we are serving the warfighter who's who's out there serving the country uh who's fighting on our behalf who's keeping us safe on our behalf who's willing to uh, uh, who's willing to risk their lives on our behalf is very important to us right and so the fact that we need to make sure that our parts work the first time every time is very important right so yeah. talk about meaningful work the fact that we are actually providing this product that it's got a quality product that it's on time that it's affordable is very important from a warfighter perspective but it's also important from a taxpayer perspective and that fact is that we are being good stewards every time we are extending the life of that asset you know mm -hmm. think about your own own vehicle right if you were ever if you bought a car and you know if you used it for 10 years instead of 5 years and got more value out of it you know you are being a good steward yeah. that fact is now you're able to use that discretionary income on other things and that's so true with regard to a country so as far as a country is concerned you, you know the fact that we are actually uh, providing value for the taxpayer by extending life of the asset is very important to us as well as you know you think in terms of being green the fact that we are extending life of the asset you know we are also being very kind to the environment we are not only being good stewards to the taxpayer we are being good stewards to the environment and then last but not least the fact that you know i get to do this with people right this is not a one man show this is not a one man band mm. uh, the fact that i do this work means i need people around me who are competent who are capable who have the capacity and the capability to do the things that we do and part of what i get a real opportunity to do is to really develop people you know and so my personal mission statement is to create an environment where others can achieve their god given potential right so that's my job is mm. to create that environment i i tell people that provide that purpose and potential is god's job you know i i cannot do that right every one of us has been uniquely created by god uniquely shaped by god and he has put purpose and potential in us but what i can do is to create an environment very similar to how a farmer you know before they actually sow that seed they're toiling it they're putting making they're making they're plowing it they're making sure that there is enough moisture in the ground and that kind of stuff what are they doing they're actually creating an environment for that seed to be actually to for the soil to be able to take the seed 
and then for it to become a plant and then eventually to become the harvest that it needs. And so my job is to actually create that environment. So that's the job that God has given me. He has created, he has given me that opportunity to create that environment in my companies so that people that he sends my way can plug in and be able to live up to their purpose and potential. So I take a lot of pride in that. I, it's a huge privilege for me to do that. And, and you know, I have seen lives transformed because of the work that we are currently doing with that. Wow, great testimony, I think. And, um, you know, it's, I guess, you know, for our listeners, um, it's not just about profit, you know, in business. It's also about um, how, how to help your community and, you know, growing people. So, um, you know, in terms of um, people, who might be struggling in their careers. Do you have any advice for them about what kind of road they should take and how they should make their decisions? Yeah, I mean, so so for me, uh, it's very interesting, right? I uh, So going back to talking about uh, profit being the only motive, right? The way that I would like to frame that question is to say, you know, what does success look like, right? So if you measure success only by profit, you know, that is a very, a very short term uh, value and it doesn't mm. really satisfy. But if you also are able to think in terms of developing people and, and enabling people and helping them to, you know, some people, they call it, you know, being their best self, you know, I, I call it, you know, them achieving their potential. I think there is a lot of reward in that. You know, there is not only reward here on earth, there is also a reward in heaven someday, right? So mm. that's the way I like to measure success. And then I think you asked me a question, what advice would I give somebody who's struggling? Mm. Uh, well, you know, that's a very broad question. But what I would say is, you know, many times when I was working in the automotive company, I was struggling because I was put in a lot of areas of constraint. You know, I was put in areas where I had to struggle to do my job because, you know, there was a lot of difficulty around supply. You know, supply was always an issue in supply chain. You know, supply, especially when you're talking in terms of cores, which is all parts that you need to remanufacture, there were always supply constraints in being able to find all parts. And and I I had to actually, in many cases, I had to even travel to the to the, to Europe and to Asia to be able to find parts, to be able to find supply. And, and so these were very difficult times for me in my career. And many times I, I would say, God, you know, why did it have to take this long road? Why did I have to go through all of this complexity in order to be able to get to where I am? But I have to say God, that uh, Adrian, God was actually discipling me. He was actually teaching me about the complexities of supply. Because, you know, in the industry that I am now in, and now I'm in, I have a very good understanding of what it takes to be successful. What are all of the things that we need? What are all of the ingredients in order to be successful is something that I've learned over the years. And it didn't come easy. It didn't come because I was reading books in a, in a library or I was, you know, it, it was a, there was no easy way to learn these things. I had to walk the hard yards. And I would also say, Adrian, I will, I'll tell you a quick story of how, you know, how, how God actually answered a question I had. You know, there was a time I was feeling a little sorry for myself. And I, because when I got my degree in marketing, 
You know, my mother had to go to a different country to be able to work as a school teacher. And so it split my family up in Sri Lanka. So there was a mm. lot of there was a lot of sacrifice around me getting my college degree. And so I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, you know how much it cost for for the for my fat cost my family in order for me to get this marketing degree. And I said to the Lord, I never worked a day in marketing. And, you know, I was it was like me trying to to complain about, you know, the 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 journey that he had led me on. And he, and he said to me right away, he said, I knew you knew how to do that. I had to teach you everything else. Mm. I'm going to say that one more time, you know, so he knew that the, that I really knew exactly how to handle the sales and marketing, but he needed to teach me everything else. And it was awesome because he validated two things for me. Number one, that I knew what I was doing in sales and marketing, yeah. right? I didn't need any more validation. He was telling me I knew what I was doing. So everything that I was doing, you know, I was meant to do. But also he was saying, hey, you, in order to be a president and CEO of a company, to be able to, to you know, we have a very distinct privilege in our company that we are on the B-52 bomber, which is a strategic bomber. It's a strategic asset for the U.S. Air Force, but we are also on the F-35. So we are on wow. a, we are on a six we are on a sixty year old B fifty two, but we are also on a brand new F thirty five. And so, in order to be able to do these kinds of things, in order to be able to perform at these levels, I had to really be trained and tested and really understand, like my mother would say, the dirt under my fingernails. And the only way yeah. I needed to do, the only way I learned how to do that was to really walk these hard yards. And so. I think it's important for us as Christians to learn to to learn to trust Him, is to learn to trust Him and to make sure that uh, that that we allow Him to work through those times. You know, those those times of testing, those times of trials. We need to persevere and get through that. Sometimes I find that you know we are not necessarily willing to be able to go through those hard times, but it's it's in those valleys that we learn it's in those valleys that we we are stretched it's in those values in those valleys that we learn some of those hard lessons that later god's going to use in order for us to uh, for us to create success wow um yeah i think you touched on a few great points you know sometimes we know what we know but we also don't know what we don't know yeah. and you know god has his own ways you know, to yep. help us understand the full picture. So listen, it's been, you know, a great um, interview. I really enjoyed talking with you about your career, how you started your business. And thanks, you know, for your advice for our audience. So, you know, hope you have a great day and wish you all the best. Thank you. I appreciate that.